Hello, and welcome to Iacon Underground Radio for the week of August 23rd, 2017. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. And I'm David. And I would just like to let all of our listeners know that we are going to have a new Patreon episode up real soon. Uh, we do have a Patreon up. Uh, we have passed one of our uh, just basic goals. Uh, we're getting very close to the point of being able to actually cover our hosting and a, a subscription for the software, uh, which would be very exciting. Uh, so... If you subscribe to our Patreon uh, for at least a dollar a month, which is, you know, not not too much, uh, then you can get access to our bonus Patreon episodes where we talk about things that are usually not directly Transformers. Uh, we're doing a second Kimono Friends, uh, thanks to David talking us into it, uh, going against my my wishes to... Uh, to watch Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid for no reason except I wanted to watch it. Uh, but we, we can't all just watch the popular anime. They have to be tied in. So, uh, though Megatron was a dragon once. Yeah, we, we've, we've had a few dragons, so, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's fine. We'll have movies soon. And I guess the rest of Kimono Friends. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's at patreon.com slash icon underground. Uh, just a dollar a month subscription gets you access to all that bonus content. Uh, previous ones we've done have been like, you know, the last night and stuff like that. So it's definitely worth doing. Uh, so actual news. Uh, there were very, very briefly, uh, SDCC toys available. Uh, and then there were not. Yeah. So the um the Shredicus Maximus went out really quickly. He, I think he was the first thing to go, supposedly. Some people questioned whether they actually had any at all. Yeah, they, wow. they may not have had many at all. I last I heard, I think the Magic the Gathering cards were still there, but they're really expensive for only a couple of cards. The Magic the Gathering cards are still available. If you would uh, like Vaguely Egyptian-themed artwork of six planeswalkers in a wooden box for $166 plus shipping. Oh, oh yeah. The box looks kind of neat, but the art on the cards is very not good Egyptian art. And this is where we get to why I never really got too heavy into Magic the Gathering. Because <laughs> that's expensive. Yeah. Though... As a brief side note, uh, I, I did because, uh, my, my father is very fond of watching Judge Judy. I did get to see the episode where some guy was suing another guy over Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Ooh. Uh, which apparently the internet has been very amused by. <laughs> um, which Yu-Gi-Oh cards or was not, that not covered? Although this is way it off wasn't, topic. <laughs> it, it was a, a collection of them that he said his friend stole and then turned around and sold and his friend was like, dude, I sell a lot of this stuff. Those weren't yours, and you know, it, Judge Judy said some really obnoxious th- things because she's a horrible human being. She's Judge Judy. Uh, oh, her voice just is causes me physical pain. It's it's one of the few voices just does that. Her opinions cause me physical pain. Uh, so, <laughs> I I have not watched enough Judge Judy to be familiar with what kind of awful opinions she has. My mom it's, likes to watch you know. Her 
Yeah, my dad likes to watch it. Because, you know, old people, I guess. It's, it's a boomer thing. Uh, speaking of things that are decidedly not boomer things. Oh, we have one more thing to say about the SDC stuff. One other exclusive is still available. The Transformers The Last Night Voyager Optimus Prime that comes with framed trash. <laughs> oh, oh the, the one that comes with the piece of tire. Yes, you have a tiny scrap of tire and certificate of authenticity inside a way oversized case along with this <laughs> basically retail toy with maybe a few more paint operations. Yeah. Wow. I guess I just didn't realize that that was like insufficiently limited to not just be a I guess website warmer. But but hey, I guess there it is, warming the website. I guess they did have a lot of tire to go around. Paying twenty five to thirty bucks for like a playground upscale from mulch size scrap of tire. <laughs> is it like about the size of a hot dog? At least the one picture I thought saw looked kinda of was like that. Of course might have been deceptive. So it's a big damn box for this chunk of tire. What? Weird. Oh, you know, movie collectibles. They're apparently a thing above and beyond, like, actual toys. It's certainly... I mean, I guess not that much. I guess that not that much, because no one has bought these. So, so yeah, that's a thing. Go buy one of those. At least it's cheaper than some Magic the Gathering cards. Uh, but yes, on the subject of non-boomer things, uh, we have now seen pictures of the Transformers fidget spinners. Uh, there's a listing for them on Hasbro Toy Shop. I don't know that they were ever actually in stock there yet, though. No, I don't think so. I, they might have been, like, listed. Hasbro Toy Shop is... Weren't really listed. Yeah. They habitually put stuff up that they know exists, but are nowhere near having in stock ah. yet. Yeah. As a preemptive listing, I I do have to say I like the uh, the tire motif for the the ends on on a couple of those the Transformers ones. Yeah, it, I have not been interested in any Fitbits at all, but these I might get one just for the amusement of being able to spin Megatron. A Fitbit is not a fidget spinner. Those are very different what? things. To me, they're the same thing. They're they're a thingy that does a thingy and it rotates and it. Makes noise or something. Fitbits don't, don't rotate. Fitbits <laughs> are completely oh, different. Oh, I was thinking of the wrong thing. Whatever. I was thinking of the cube thingy. <laughs> oh, Fitbits are the watch thingy that yes. doesn't interest me at all. Yes. The things yes. that are in no legal way allowed to be interpreted as a health device. Ha ha ha, legalities. This is for entertainment purposes only. Wow. I didn't realize it was, it was that serious, serious business. Uh, but yeah, so fidget spinner. Yeah, I like the cubes more myself. I do like the, uh, I guess did, did Hasbro not get to do the Marvel ones themselves? Cause they're the Marvel ones that have that cool, like, radiation symbol Hulk one. And I think those are actually done by Zuru, who is the same company that uh, licensed the fidget cubes for the U.S. 
Oh man, Hasbro's competing with its own licensees. That's getting getting rough there. It's not really getting that rough. I'm sure. As uh, I think someone on the TF Wiki put it, you could put those with your G2 Pogs if there had ever actually been G2 Pogs. Oh god, how awesome would it have been if there had been though? I'm surprised there wasn't. Oh, I would have had them. It seems like a serious game. I had like weird random SD Gundam ones that I bought because I was like 15, (laughs) but was like, why are there these SD Gundam pogs? I'm gonna buy these. (laughs) They're hilarious. Because back in those days, you did not just find random anime stuff in, like, Joanne fabrics. Uh, So anyway, fidget spinners also can be found at Joanne fabrics. It's good to know. (laughs) So that's uh, one one final bit of news is that uh, James Roberts got to be interviewed as Guernsey's top comics writer. (laughs) Oh. It's just that's that's uh that's pretty great. That's pretty it's adorable. Like, I feel like that's damning with faint praise. Just the whole idea of Guernsey is just kind of Is charming. there more than one writer there? I mean it's it's like it's a tiny island, although it's bigger than I actually thought it was. Well I, I I knew Jersey was near it and tiny, and I thought Guernsey was as tiny, but it's not much bigger. <laughs> It's very rustic, is what I gather. It's adorable. And they don't give you nearly enough butter (laughs) with your your scones or whatever it is you order at coffee shops there. It's 25 square miles. Wow. Yeah, that's not very big. Uh, So, yes, it sounds very charming, and I'll have to take a moment to watch that at some point because I'm bad at watching videos. It's cute and his voice uh, doesn't so, sound... Yeah. I, I expected, I guess, a thicker British accent. It's very huh. light. There you go. Maybe that's just how they sound in Guernsey. There are cows there, I assume. Well, yeah, Because, you know, Guernsey, uh, Guernsey cows. cows and the Jersey cows. So cows were invented on two little islands between England and France or something. Yes. At least those breeds were. Now you know. Okay, my cat seems to be more decisive now about leaving. There you go. Go on. Cats. Okay. So yeah, speaking of comics, uh, we've got the beginning of the first Strike series. Now, is this a limited? Uh, this can't be an I ongoing. I guess it's a limited. Because. The cover describes it as a Hasbro comic book event. Yeah, so that should. So I don't think it's an ongoing. It's always hard to tell with IDW. It is a mini series planned for six oh. issues, plus several one shots. Oh, oh yeah, because wasn't there a list of everything that was tying in it? It was like ridiculously confusing. Oh yeah, it's on the back cover. Yeah, there's like uh, 15 different things supposedly tying in. Uh, it's this year's revolutions. Yay! Well, most of the, yeah, most of them are one shots. We lost a gen. How? And I only just noticed that the cover first strike, um, Scarlet's chest becomes Destro's head. 
That's rather disturbing. That is, yeah. And it, it, it doesn't just become, it's like her shoulders sticking out. So her bust is where his, like, forehead. Kinda, yeah, but like his head, his head w- would be a little bit bigger than that, but like, his eyebrow dome just curves and becomes her chest. It's very strange, cause okay. there's, mm. I don't think there's any other lines on here that, that intersect that obviously. Well, there's kinda like, Matt Tracker's arc of his shoulders kinda becomes her head and the crossbow, but that's subtler than the, it, it seems to continue chest. past and fade out enough. Yeah. And then there's a hard line between the shoulder and her hair, so. Yeah. Where, the, the, That's not as weird. Yeah. I think the weirder part is how the Transformers faces seem very wrinkly. Yeah, that... I guess that's the... Actually, wait, is that the pencils or is that the shading that's making them weird like that? It's odd. Optimus Prime is squinting. Yeah, well, he does that every once in a while. He did that in G1 and some things. It was like, it was back when, um, oh shit, who was the... His eyes narrow, but you usually don't see, like, the metal around his eyes puckering. Yeah, I guess. Do any of the other covers look worse? Uh, there's the one that's CG and using the War for Cybertron model. There's the one that was looks like it was drawn by J- Bad Joe. The giant boots that kind of looks cute. Those proportions are downright Dreamwavian. Oh, and Optimus bent his blaster. Alright. We are recording again. Okay. Yay. Wait, but I just found an adorable cat video. That's fine. <laughs> Of a cat not knowing what kitten am. Alright. Okay. So we ready? Yep. Alright. So the first comic we have this week is First Strike Number One. Uh, this is part of the whole Marvel Comematic Universe. Not Marvel. Hasbro. Hasbro Comematic Universe. It's too busy trying to be clever with one word. I forgot the other ones. Uh, so is this like a limited series or it is event? It is a event in a similar vein to Revolution last year. Okay. And oh no, is this like our new like X Men crossover thing? Every summer they're just going to do something like this. Yeah, and they're also going to use it as a relaunch. Mm Hmm. Every year, they're also going to use it as a relaunch. Yes. At the end of this series, G.I. Joe and Mask will be relaunched as one book, G.I. Joe Unmasked. What? Um, That's not a thing. Rom and the Micronauts will also be relaunched as Rom and the Micronauts. Ha. The consolidating books that probably don't sell anywhere near as well as Transformers is kind of a good idea. I I appreciate the ten special covers. Yeah, there's, there's a bit much. Yeah, it's a lot of covers. Uh, so, 
And if you're wondering if you should pick this up if you only read the Transformers stuff, I would say there's definitely enough crossover with what's gone on uh, in the previous stuff, you know, in the main Transformers books to go ahead and pick it up. Uh, it's a lot of focus on Scarlet from G.I. Joe. Uh, but the story basically focuses on the idea that not all humans want Cybertronians coming in and, you know, throwing their their weight around uh, and getting involved in Earth politics. So, you know, it's that's a uh, a very core part of the storyline in a way that not really a lot of the other groups in here are. Uh, though I guess this is primarily. And it says there's ROM and Micronauts. I don't know if anybody in here has anything to do with Mask. For all I know, some of these guys have some things to do with Mask. Yeah, Mask, ROM, and the Micronauts are, sir, not appearing in this issue. Yes. Though at one point there are robots who are full of tinier men. Uh, the scale <laughs> makes it hard to say if they're, like, Micronaut-sized or just... Well, I guess they're, I guess in one of the shots, it's, you can see that they're just people sized. You know, scale, you're getting to like multiple levels of scale and they're ninjas and I can't imagine katanas work that well against like alien living metal alloys, but anyway. So, so yeah, I'd say, you know, it's, it's, uh, Margaret Scott's uh, doing the scripts on this one. Uh, it is... Let me scroll back. Man, swipe paper comics are so much better. As you can just flip. <laughs> I have to scroll. Margaret Scott and David A. Rodriguez, uh, who, thanks to some un- unfortunate font choices, I swore for, like, I had to keep looking at it to to figure out that that was not Druid A. Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's... The, the font choices are a little rough. Uh, and the, yes. the art's by Max Dunbar, who his people are really good. Some of the robots are not. They okay. are imposingly inhuman, which is not always what you want out of Transformers. Transformers but kind of works for part of the story. And when he's portraying them as more human scale in camera positioning. I think he does a good job. Also, yeah. yay, a Waspinator. Yes. Waspinator <laughs> yes. in a crowd shot. The background cameos are good. I don't like the way he draws uh, Windblade, but... The, although more of the problem with the art is, like, the coloring. Like, on one page, there's um, Brawl and Onslaught, and um, Brawl is Onslaught colored for that whole page. Oh no, it's like Marvel all over again. Yeah, that was my exact thought. It, it's just weird to see Brawl in, like, gr- the green and blues of Onslaught. It's strange. Well, the good thing these days is they can fix it for the trade. Yeah. Here's a question. When it gets fixed for the trade, do they go back and fix it for digital comics? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, they'll fix it for the digital trade, you would presume, but I don't think they yeah. go back and fix the comics you've already downloaded. Yeah, I think that may be... Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if that's a, a commit thing there or if, you know, they they have the ability to give them 
updated files. I mean, I imagine that's probably kind of a huge pain in the butt. Uh, oh, yeah. So it's probably not something that they do for coloring errors. That's something they do for when they realize that there's, like, something actually, like, really horribly anti-Semitic in the background of a panel with Kitty Pride. Oh, yeah, Marvel's problem. <laughs> yeah, miscoloring a robot isn't that bad. Isn't on that level. That's why you need diversity in your editorial department, so you can have someone there to point that out before it gets to everyone else. Is this a comics legend thing that I'm not familiar with or a very recent thing that I'm not familiar oh, with. Oh, it's so pretty like recent. I mean, it's not very, it's like yeah, a couple months beginning ago. Beginning of summer, it was the new relaunch of um, X-Men, one of the colors blue or gold. They very, very highly questionable artist added shit he should not have. Yes. Which is extra messed up because it's X-Men, yeah. man. Come on. <laughs> Now I have to see if that's actually, like, the first thing that comes up if you <laughs> Google that. Yeah, it's here. I found a link to it from The Independent, and actually it's really just the uh, the artist whining that his career is over, in which case no maybe you should Sherlock. not doing that. Don't do that, Chris. Actions have yeah. consequences. Uh, anyway, so yeah, there's all this stuff about Joe Colton being a yeah, that villain, which I, I mean, I didn't know. I assume that's some story stuff that's been going on in other comics. Presumably, since we don't read G.I. Joe. No. Also, there's stuff involving someone from the Action there Man storyline. Yeah. See, well, you've already I did read forgotten. this like a week ago, but it's Action Man, so I'm not going to remember damn shit about Action Man. Yes, there's a character who they mention as having been Europe's greatest criminal and intelligence director oh, of the oh, Action right the Man back, program. Yeah. Because I guess it was one of those, it turns out the villain is your leader oh, the, the backup all written along. by John Barber, drawn by, uh, so. oh, those fonts again, what the hell, Netho Diaz? That sounds like, that's a Star Wars character, Netho Diaz. Unless, I, unless I think so, I think that is a Star Wars character. Netho is definitely a Star Wars name. Now, I can't, unlike Druid, I can't see what else that would be, so. <laughs> Druid, gar colors by <laughs> Druid Garcia Cruz. <sighs> and now you can't unsee it. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh, there's stuff about ninjas. ninjas. Uh, at some apparently, point. it was revolutionaries where the stuff about Joe Colton being a villain was supposed oh, to uh, really be revolutionary. Revolution. Uh -huh. He was secretly Baron Ironblood. Uh huh. That was going to be revealed in issue eight. Except revolutionaries is several issues behind, so only issue <laughs> six was out by this point. Oops. Also, is Storm Shadow a lady? Uh, yeah, this one is apparently. They mentioned the new Storm Shadow, and, and it's, yeah, it's a lady. To judge by the silhouette. Yeah, they mentioned the new Storm Shadow. There is a pronoun used, but in general, she is not drawn overtly. Yeah, there's only like two or three panels know. where it's like, I think that's a lady? She is not drawn problematically. For, 
We won't. We can put or it that maybe way. Maybe just a very um, androgynous Storm Shadow? Well, again, pronoun use. I just wanted to be sure I was uh, applying that pronoun use to the right character in in there. Uh, so, yeah. It's, it's a comic. Uh, I would say that, you know, you might, you know, if you've been keeping up with the Transformers stuff, it, it ties in pretty heavily. So, uh, you might want to pick it up. If, if you care about Earth. Yes. Yes, if you care about the Earth. It's more interesting lives. than Revolutionaries and more interesting maybe than what's going on in Optimus Prime, kind of? Well, Optimus Prime's had really good artwork with Kazama and stuff, so that was a reason to read it, but I think this might be more fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's it's definitely, it's well written, it's just a question of whether you're going to really care that much about it. Yeah, if I mean, it's... I found it engaging enough. More G.I. Joe than it already is, and it's already a lot of G.I. Joe, I won't care. The... Final line of the non-backup story kind of said it all to me. Mm-hmm. And it's a G.I. Joe characters riding a G.I. Joe vehicle into battle saying, in order for Earth to survive, Cybertron has to die. Yes, and there's your hook. I know neither of those things are going to happen in no, this miniseries. This, Sorry. That's a very, like, 80s Marvel line. Some, something Claremont would write. In this issue, everyone dies. It's Solo! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, shall we move on to our other uh, comic for the week? The real reason we're actually doing an episode sort of at an odd recording time, because we had to get to it, and we had shit happen. Things have been occurring. Uh, yes, the final issue of Till All Are One until the annual, which comes out February or something. Yeah. So, yeah, this basically is entirely, I mean, it's almost entirely just in Windblade's head, but... Uh, except for, like, a page or two? I, I think it's sufficient that About the roll pages. call just has Starscream and Windblade. I'm, I was amused by that roll call page and yes. I feel like it does kind of point out some weird, there are graphic design edge cases where that roll call design does not quite work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause well, yeah. a lot of the time when they do it, there, there's like, like only one character in one section and it'll be just a big blank area underneath them. It's badly used. And a lot of the times in some issues, it's like, it lists a lot of the characters, but like, a character who will be there for like two or three pages having a lot of dialogue isn't listed on the roll call. It's like, can we actually do that? in this case In this case it in works this perfect. specific case Yeah, I'm going to argue that it gives it a sense of I don't know, scale, gravity. Yeah, this, this is the exception that makes the rule. It does help to reinforce the strangeness of the situation. Because the yes. issue, even though there are was it, two other characters, it's only really about Starscream and Windblade. Yeah. And that's, yeah, just sort of... And I think the on the, the dark, starry background, it's also like... I don't know, when I, when I got to that past the previously, 
something about that page just hit me as like heavy. Like, oh man. So, so yeah, because you know, you know, it's going to be entirely about that, uh, and you know what that is coming in from the last issue. Uh, so, yeah, I I feel like it is sort of a questionable thing formatting wise, but I think in this case it actually kind of worked. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so you know, we get back to Windblade fighting. Uh, with Vigilum and Starscream shows up and thinks he's helping and is a <laughs> smug jerk about it, uh, which is great. And then... Windblade yells at him for being stupid, which is also great. Yes. You idiot! I'm um, an idiot! I'm an idiot! <laughs> I'm stupid! I'm stupid! But, you know, basically when Blade says, I'm trained to deal with this sort of stuff and this is too much for me, so all you're doing is giving him another person he can jump to. Uh, so, good job. Good job. And, uh, and then the first thing that he, that Vigilum does to mess with Starscream is turn into a giant Megatron. <laughs> yes. Which is, man, I think one of my favorite things about, like, the way that, that Transformers comics have grown up is the subtext you get with any kind of Starscream Megatron interactions now. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> there, there's, uh, you know, for those who have been in the fandom for a long time, uh, there was, there's this fan who's been around named Raksha. And it, it reminds me a lot. I, I don't know if she's reading the current stuff. I'm actually, you know, I have her on Facebook, but I don't go on Facebook a lot because, you know, it's, it's Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> uh, so I don't know if she's actually read the current stuff, uh, but I, I kind of feel like, you know, she would really appreciate a lot about it. And, and part of that is the subtext of, Megatron and Starscream because there's there's you know he says he says you're not real you can't hurt me I know that are you sure Starscream after all there's so many kinds of pain and I'm like wow uh wow yeah well, and, wow and and then Vigilum Megatron just chooms him out of Windblade's mind into Starscreams which is in this case the ruins of Kaon. Uh, which I think it's worth noting that, I mean, Windblade notes in the narration that it's the ruins of it. Uh, it's so bombed out it looks almost as bad as it does in real life. <laughs> yes, it's almost as bad as it does now. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so attacking and thing and such happens, and he gets through to Starscream's spark. I, I really like the part where, like, Megatron Vigilum is ripping off each different incarnation of Starscream that he's been in through, his different bodies, just tearing yes. him to shreds. All the, the, um, oh, d we didn't mention the who does it. Well, it's the regular Marguerite Scott writing, Sarah Petrie de Shore art, and Jonah Lafuente doing colors. And, oh, yes. it's so good. Yes, because he has been changing a lot lately. And, as Maximo always said to beware of bots who change their skin too often. They're always trying to hide a rotten core. 
Uh, but yes, he breaks through to Spark, which is in a very original G1 looking body. Uh, presumably back to his original body in this case. And well, then when Blade. According to what we see later in the issue, yeah, it, it is his original body. Yeah. Uh, and she saves just to Spark. And there's a bunch of really good, profound stuff about Sparks and Primus's forging. And it's really good. I mean, I assume that, that you have read it if you're listening to this. So yeah, I'm just agreeing this is damn good. Yes. But, but yes, as she works, as she reads it, she realizes... That he was cold conspit, which I don't know if we knew that before. Um, yeah, well, when the, the um, they did the, oh, what, the, the quietest thing, I think he was mm-hmm. one of the people that collapsed. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay, so that has been established. I mean, it makes sense because of the whole Seeker thing, because of them, you know, them being basically mass-produced, uh, which... We've uh, actually just touched on another take on that idea over on Stasis Pod, uh, because we've gotten to the point with the Starscream clones. Uh, of course, in that case, he was the original, and in this one, he's just the one of the series that yes. rose to the top. Bots not uh, born, but built, never allowed to find their true state shape, instead forged into the specifications of another's greed. So, yeah, I mean, because of the way... Sparks are normally created, you know, they have a form that they naturally grow into, and when they're cold constructed, they're just, and and I don't know if I, to what extent I hadn't really been properly aware of that as, you know, the uh, non-cold constructed uh, form. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so... Then she uh, makes a a forging hammer and uh, splits off little projections of everyone who is sort of, you know, imprinted on him, I guess. Uh, The first that shows up being Bumblebee. Yay, Bumblebee. Uh, Which reminds me that now I'm extra sad that we won't find out what's going on with Bumblebee. Until I suppose, hopefully, that'll be wrapped up in the annual. Uh, because he had stopped talking to, or Starscream had stopped hearing well, him. No, he stopped for a bit. And, oh no, right, it was the, uh, yeah, we saw a shadow, we didn't see who came back. Did we? Yeah. So, so yes, she does that until there's a little bit of an army of ghosts, and then she continues doing it until there's actual I, I have to say that Sarah Petre de Rocher, just following her Twitter, I bet the idea of her getting to make, like, her getting to design this version of Starscream that's like, you know, his true self was probably a, a, I, I bet she saw that in the script and, and squeezed. Squeed, yep. <laughs> she really likes Starscream. He's definitely, an acceptable level of pretty. I mean, honestly, I think the colors are are very kind of Autobot. 
Uh, now he has purple eyes, and he's, you know, he is at least truly a flyer, which I suppose functionists would appreciate. Yeah, he, he ends up looking... A, I mean, uh, if you told me to... Go ahead. No, he ends up looking kind of um, like Die Atlas-y a bit, or like one of the, a character from one of the Japanese series, in a way. I was going to yeah. say, if I were to look at this without the context of this being... Starscream's true self-image, or at least at this point in time, I would have pegged this as like a Velocitron-style smokescreen. Hmm, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, it's very uh, prime smokescreen colors, certainly. Uh, but yes, and he's, you know, you can see he's still a jet, and he's a cutie, because of course he's a cutie, but not like unreasonably a cutie. Not to the point where it's like... That's just ridiculous. But also, he's 80 feet tall and just stops vigilant <laughs> to death. Yes. But I, I presume it's not so much his self-image as just, you know, what his spark would have yeah. become. And scale inside minds is like, sort of apparently tied to confidence. The more confident you are, the bigger you are. Yes. The more confident. Which is... Which is, and, and then she says, hello, Starscream, it's nice to finally meet you. And I, ah, I can't deal with that. So, so yes. Uh, then between the two of them, uh, they, they managed to get Vigilum on the ropes enough that Windblade basically grabs him and, you know, there was a talk previously about, uh, you know, burning away the slag and, and forging, and she basically just puts him in her spark. This whatever is true in you will still remain. Uh, which does lead me to wonder, you know, if that has more than just the action of it, but, you know, if, if some of that is what we see in the next few issues where she's very, you know, much more ready to take on the world. Uh, but yes, then they wake up and things are awkward because of course they're awkward. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and Arachnid is like, you sure you don't want me to check you over? And Starscream's like, no, we have to be awkward now. Get out. We can't be awkward with you around. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, and then, you know. They have a little talk, but then when Blade talks about how she's going to go out and work on building a better future and, you know, how he shouldn't see that as a threat because, you know, she'd rather he didn't. And But yeah, she says, Solus and Primus gave me truth too, and I'm going to speak with my own voice from now on. And so, yeah. Uh, why? Why did it have to end? Why does this have to be it for now? Because comic publishing. Ah, uh, stupid but comic publishing. At least it's a very good note to go out on. Yeah. yeah Plus an good. annual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a sort of note to go out on that leaves things very open and in in a good kind of way, like... There are still threads that can be followed up on, mm -hmm. even if it's not necessarily in this book by this writer. 
And I think part of it is just it's it has the feeling of the end of a character arc that then, you know, the character then moves on to other things. Yeah. Rather than just sort of ending stuck in things. So well, yeah, it's it's very good. Like I said, I assume if if you're listening to this, you've already read it, uh, because unlike the weird crossover stuff, uh, I assume that, you know, because with the weird crossover stuff, it's like, you don't know if it's going to be worth getting. Uh, but yeah, this is pretty great. And now I'm sad that it's over. I guess, I guess we'll have to end the podcast here, because I have to go be sad now. Also, it's time to end the podcast. Uh, so next time we will have uh, Rom versus Transformers number two. Uh, we will have First Strike number two. Uh, maybe some other stuff, Alex. Uh, yes, we will have the next issues of. I want to say Optimus Prime and Lost Light, but let me double check that. Who cares? We get more Star Drive. Yes, that's honestly that is all that matters. Like in the world, our new favorite new matters. toy of this character character. All that well, we haven't gotten anode yet, but eh, I imagine that'll eventually happen. But yes, immediate new fave. All right. Yep. So, oh, uh, in addition to, uh, in addition to that stuff, we yes, we will have Optimus Prime number ten and Lost Light number nine. Oh, for busy. So possibly broken up into two recordings and next probably. week or next recording, recording after. Or we'll just push yeah. it back. We'll but see yeah, how we'll our schedules catch up. go. There'll be another one. There probably I'm won't be much news. Starting a new job this week. So we'll see. Good luck. Yay. But it'll be structure. So I can be like, this is the day I get off and I podcast and it's great. And everybody's happy. All right, so then it's time to wrap up. So until next time, this has been Jen. And Alex. And David. Good night. Radio is hosted by IaconUnderground.net. We are listener-supported through Patreon, where you can help us cover the cost of running this show and our other podcast, Stasis Pod, at patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. We are on Twitter at IaconUG, Tumblr at IaconUnderground.tumblr.com, and Facebook at Facebook.com slash IaconUnderground.